0: Hello. Uh, today in the Loopcast, I have Juliet Jesky, uh, the creator and producer behind Decoding Fox News, um, really excellent podcast and substack. Um, and we, we are discussing Fox News. So um, why discuss Fox News? So one of the threads going into this show is this idea of normalizing extremism. So what happens when you take extreme talking points or ideas and you begin to kind of see normies and regular people kind of pick them up. Um and the reason I wanted to focus on Fox News for a show or two is I'm very online, right? I don't as most of you know, I don't really watch TV other than, you know, X-Files or Columbo or other detective serials. And within my analysis within the Loopcast analysis, this the role of cable TV and the role of Fox News was kind of a missing part, right? We, we, we hyper-focused on the online, on 4chan, 8chan, Reddit, and Twitter, but this huge part of the puzzle of this information ecosystem, Fox News, was missing. So today uh, we're in conversation with Juliet and we're gonna kind of explore around and, and think about Fox News a bit. So with all that, uh, please welcome my guest. How's it going?
1: It's good, I'm in Brooklyn. What
0: up?
1: <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer in Brooklyn. Watch out. So, We're two very um, loud cats. They're running back and forth through my apartment. So you might hear like, D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. it's a cat.
0: Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, big fans of cats here at the Loopcast. Um, so I'm kind of a, a sucker for a, an origin story for like why somebody chose the field and the, the topic they chose. And I want to maybe start off with this idea of what is the origin story for decoding Fox News?
1: It's a little involved. Um. Oh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. My my apologies.
0: Oh no, 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 it's fine. I was just going to ask, like, why focus on Fox News versus like CNN or MSNBC or very specific,
1: very specific reasons. So, what happened was I have to go back six years, but I will try to keep it as brief as possible. So. In 2016, I I wasn't a performer anymore in New York, but I had been one, and that is important for the story, and there was a woman who was a performer who I didn't know very well. Some of my friends worked with her. She became radicalized and started going on the Gavin McInnes show on a regular basis to be a guest, and that was concerning for people in New York because, like, what it was 2016, this was the rise of the alt-right. And uh, New York performance is pretty much incredibly LGBTQ and black and brown and white. And you know, it's not, it's very, very diverse. And so people felt really freaked out by this. And they suspected, there was a couple of people who were paying for subscriptions for the show. And there was a couple of people who were watching it. And I worked with video. And so they said, Juliet, can you help and just capture this and give us the video? Cause they didn't know how to do it. Um, cause they were literally watching it on their phones and stuff. These are performers, they're not technical people. And I said, sure, yeah, no problem. And so I started uh, getting episodes of this person who I won't name, cause I don't care. And she's threatened to sue me and all this nonsense. So um, I started kept capturing her and really didn't have any interest in her. I was giving the footage to other people but Gavin McInnes, I had extreme interest in because I was like, this man is dangerous. What he's saying is dangerous, and so I saw in real time the Proud Boys form, the Proud Boys come together, the rules, the different um, stages of um, like you know uh, of how you like worked your way up into higher rankings of the Proud Boys, including the get arrested for the cause or get in a fight, which was a big like the fourth stage of the Proud Boys. Um, and that's horrible because you're incentivizing violence. So I started capturing more and more and more and more of him to the point that I would get entire episodes, cut them down and find uh, chunks of him saying horrible things, mostly inciting violence. And I gave some of that to the FBI anonymously and nothing happened. And I even said like in my letter, like, I'm sure you're already watching this group, but you know, yada, yada, yada. And they were pretty much useless. Um, I had to deal with them later in 2018. So fast forward, it eventually um, start working with journalists because like FBI, law enforcement was useless. And um, I built up a whole network of journalists who I was just giving footage to, and it was getting out little by little. And then there was an incident on the upper side where some Proud Boys beat up some counter protesters. That blew everything up. And then suddenly my footage was everywhere and everybody wanted it. And um, long, I can't really get it too complicated into the story, but I ended up getting investigated because <laughs> somebody thought a flash drive was, um, I sent out flash drives to the press and to some government officials on the same day that somebody sent out pipe bombs from Florida. That MAGA bomber was the same day. And so the governor of New York freaked out, thought my, it was completely flat two ounce package two ounce flat it was a padded envelope they thought that was a, a bomb or something because it had a tiny flash drive, like you know maybe a quarter like maybe an inch long in it and they freaked out over that and i called them and was like hi yeah i sent that you guys know it's harmless oh yeah we know it's harmless we watched it oh great great talking to a police officer think nothing of it they show up at my apartment at nine o'clock that night i had four you know, plainclothes detectives with guns in my apartment questioning me. They saw, they thought I was somehow attached to the group. And then they get here and they see books everywhere and cats. And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a nerd people. I'm just like, this is just like a weird hobby that's gotten out of control. And then the press tried to force a story out of me. New York Daily News showed up at my apartment the next day and tried to force me to do a story. And I flipped out it was like, I'm anonymous. I want no part of this. They found out who I was because of the cops because they heard they heard me on the scan, they heard my address on the scanner and figured it out. So they showed up and I got rid of them. I had a total meltdown. And then that Saturday, um uh there was the bomb the shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, and I had a complete meltdown and was like, that's it. I'm gonna change direction of my life. I'll go back to school and figure this out. I get, I can't just drop what I'm doing. And um so I ended up going, committing to go to grad school at that point and then went to grad school, pandemic hit, all that fun stuff. And then the last uh, six months of grad school, you work on something that's called like a capstone, which is like a thesis. And there was really no place for me in grad school. They didn't know what to do with somebody who did extremism and they didn't know what to do with somebody who, uh, they just didn't, they didn't, they were nice to me, but they just didn't, they don't really have a program for disinformation, misinformation and extremism. They just don't know what to do. And so I was in the business program of all things. And uh, But you could do whatever you want for your capstone. So for my capstone, I watched Tucker Carlson, uh, Nick Fuentes, and One American News Network. And uh, I compared them. I was looking for overlap over a three-month period. So I watched like an hour a day, roughly. It was, it was hundreds of hours. It ended up being like, I want to say like 450 hours or something total. And then I also watched PBS, guys, it's Thor, PBS for the same time frame, same three month period, because PBS was like my control, because it's nonpartisan. So it's very like straight down the middle. And so I kind of compared how they covered things. And the biggest difference and this was just dumb luck is there happened to be this huge surge in COVID cases during this time. And I was able to track that, track how the different networks dealt with it, track how often they lied, track how often, this was a scary thing, how often Nick Fuentes overlapped with Tucker Carlson, which was disturbing, um, because he'd openly say it, like, oh, Tucker just, you know, and Nick Fuentes, if you don't, I'm sure your listeners know, is a white nationalist um, who shoots a show out of his parents' basement. He's a total nut job. Um, But he would say things and Tucker Carlson would basically say them the next day. I wasn't the only person that noticed this. Um, So I turned in my capstone and Jeff Jarvis, who teaches at my school, but was not my professor. I didn't really know him. I saw him at orientation and that kind of thing. Um, And he knew my background. Like, that's kind of how I got into grad school is I told him this crazy story about the Proud Boys. Because I ended up watching all 407 episodes of the Gavin McInnes show, and I have copies of all 407 episodes, and I picked them completely apart. I have like hundreds of clips of damning stuff uh, that Gavin McInnes said on camera. So, um, and it's super hyper organized. So, um, when I turned in my capstone, and it was I turned all this data, I turned all this media into data, so graphs everywhere and everything like that. Um, Jeff Jarvis loved it and said, "I want to get you a grant." But will you cover fox news (laughs) and i was like yes (laughs) so i basically designed the same thing i did for my capstone only it's all fox and the reason being is fox has the most influence fox has the largest audience and fox is sort of taken as legitimate by many even though it's not in my opinion and that's why he was like, let's go for it. And I know that there's Media Matters and there's plenty of other people that do what I do, but he just wanted like my take on it. And um, he thought it would be kind of cool to just have a singular focus. And so I, I, this week is weird because they were supposed to be a January 6th committee hearing. So my schedule is different, but I normally go Fox and Friends, the five, and then one of the primetime shows and I rotate the primetime shows. And the reason why I was asked to go after Fox and Friends and the Five is both of those shows are heavily influenced by Fox Corporate. Fox Corporate does not allow them to just go do whatever they want. Um, I've been told, I mean, from what I've researched about it, and I don't know this like firsthand, but apparently like Fox and Friends is very strictly controlled by the big wigs at Fox. They don't just let them talk about whatever they want. Whereas the primetime shows, can kind of do what they want, sort of. They're a little bit uh, unfettered. So yeah, it's been it's been a trip, and it's they asked me to do this because they knew I could sit through far right media and not vomit. So <laughs> or throw my computer out the window. I always joke about that. I'm gonna throw my computer out the window. So that's why Fox.
0: Interesting. So yeah. Um, Crazy we, long
1: story. Sorry about that, but yeah.
0: No, no, no. It's okay. Um, so before we get into the next question, so as I said at the top of the show, I'm not somebody who watches a lot of cable TV. So um, if you can help me out. So Fox and Friends is kind of like the morning show.
1: The morning show, yeah. And it's it's um it's got a cast of three. It's three hours long. I only watch the first hour because they tend to repeat. Like the first hour will basically be repeated second hour and repeated third hour. They just break it up by having like guests on, but it's kind of the same news. Um, it's very common in morning shows. They do that, and then the five is—I oh, make fun of it all the time. Uh, the five is such a dumb show. It's the highest-rated show on Fox News. It is the most popular show usually. It the ratings change, but it's solidly incredibly popular. Has a—I want to say three to four million. Uh, viewership which is enormous for cable news it's five people sitting around a table kind of like the view one is a liberal judge janine is usually a regular um and she's always humorous because she's nuts and uh they just talk about like current events and they have segments and um Maybe they break it up, like they'll talk about something for seven minutes and then they move, you have a commercial break and they come back and they talk about something for six minutes, a commercial break, that kind of thing. And it's just incredibly inane. <laughs> it's just really, really dumb. And it comes on at 5 p.m. So who's watching this show? You know, retirees, obviously. Um, the average age of a Fox viewer is 68. So uh, Tucker Carlson skews younger. He's got the he's got the younger demographic that the other primetime shows can't really get um but uh yeah the five is just it's so dumb it's like they literally have segments where they're like i like candy what's your favorite kind of candy and they'll go around the table and talk about it i'm just like (laughs) oh because it's just stupid but it's super popular and it's what's funny about the five is it's usually five incredibly uninformed people talking about something like when they talk about like i don't know uh something like we don't like biden okay fine they can talk about that but like during the ukraine war when the ukraine war first broke out and they talk about it on the five it was just embarrassing because they would just they didn't know what they were talking about and they would try to like sound intelligent and they're saying stuff that's just cra- like every other person was basically calling for world war three they're like you know we should just get in there and just start bombing and i'm like no no we can't do that so that's how the five is it's just it's kind of like the view only conservative and dumber so that's and then the primetime shows are the primetime shows. so
0: conservative <laughs> view but dumber Dumber. That's, yeah, that's really hard to imagine. I'm sorry. I
1: know, but <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the joke is the five hates the view and they show clips from the view all the time. And they're like, look at these monsters on the view. And I'm like, no self-awareness. We have no self-awareness, do we? You are the view, you idiots. You're the same show. So, um, yeah.
0: I kind of like the, the idea. Fox. I like the idea that you it, it almost make you almost make it seem like the 5 is beefing with the view and the view doesn't know that it's being beefed with.
1: Well, it's and- it's it is funny that Fox in general. This is I was tweeting about this yesterday cuz I thought it was funny. Fox is number 1 they beat everybody in the ratings. They beat everybody in the ratings like year after year after year. Uh, uh they know they beat everybody cuz they're like the only like crazy conservative voice on cable television um cnn is kind of drifting but uh which is not great but um drifting towards the right but fox was has always been right right wing yet they are insane and they're the highest paid people on on cable television too that's that's a fun fact um because once you go fox you can't really go towards another network very few journalists have been able to make that leap. There, very few journalists have been able to have a career on Fox and then leave and still have a career because what happens is you get you get tarnished with this propaganda kind of sheen and you can't, nobody else wants to touch you. Um, Megyn Kelly is probably the best example of just, she could not get anything going once she left Fox. She tried, but you, she couldn't get rid of the Fox of her. You know, She kept pushing this crazy right wing stuff and um, yeah uh failed miserably but um there's so they're they're paid really well but they're crazy crazy insecure so if anybody comes out with like an article that criticizes them or brian set stetler had a book that criticized them that's actually a great book he was the guy on um cnn um who just got laid off because cnn again is drifting towards the right um, they get very angry and they get very indignant, like, how dare you, how dare you? And they get like all very, very mad. Yet on every Fox show, they regularly, as a habit, show clips from MSNBC, CNN, um, The View, um, pretty much any other media. They love to show clips from other media and lambast it and say, see how biased this is, see how horrible this is. Look at this propaganda and yet you can't criticize Fox. So they do that all the time, which is they just don't seem to get that. Like they, they show clips from other media pretty much every show. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever, I haven't watched the view in forever, but I don't know if I ever remember a segment on the view where they showed clips from Fox. I don't ever remember that. And they may have, I don't know, but so that's the thing that's funny about Fox. They criticize everybody else, but you can't criticize them. Or if you do, it's like, oh my God, it's nuts.
0: So then when we think about Fox News, I mean, news is in the, the the name of the company, but at the same time, like this, it almost seems like they're kind of sitting in between news and entertainment or performance. So I, I was wondering if you could kind of analyze Fox from that perspective, not just kind of the conveyor of news and the sort of communicator of news, but sort of how they integrate entertainment and performance in that communication.
1: Um, well, Tucker was sued. Tucker Carlson was sued, and he actually said one of the arguments that was actually said in court was like nobody would take him seriously. That He claimed that his viewers would just know that his show is more entertainment than it is news, and he actually won the lawsuit partly because of that angle. Um, so that's actually come up. Um, I think the main thing that they do, uh, that's different from like regular media or like nonpartisan media is they just blatantly ignore stories. That's a common Fox trick. They just, if they don't, if it doesn't fit with their worldview, they just don't mention it. Um, so they tend to do a lot of repetition and that they'll hit the same theme over and over and over and over and over again. And it's a lot of fear and it's a lot of um, panic and paranoia and they're coming for you. They're coming for you. The end of times, you know, everything's going to collapse. Like once I heard Tucker in one monologue say, he was talking about crime and he said the end of civilization, like four times in one monologue. And that's a bit extreme. You're talking about urban crime and yet you're like, and this is going to lead to the end of civilization, like always going all the way to that edge of crazy. And so that's what they do. They just, they just work up their re- their viewers to it's like frenzy and of panic and fear and, and persecution complexes. And it's always, you know, like they're coming for you. They're coming for you, viewer, viewer. And st- People, they've done studies where people will watch Fox all day long. They don't turn it off. Whereas people will watch one show on MSNBC or one show on CNN, and then they move on. Fox viewers will keep that thing on all day. And so, uh, which kind of explains why the ratings are so high, because they just, like, just go from one show to the other. Um, but it's definitely, that's, that's the part where I would call it, like, entertainment. Is it's just, it's all sensational all the time. It's like reading a tabloid, sort of. It's never, oh, here's a crime story in uh, New York City. It's always like the end of the world is happening now. You know, it's just heightened, heightened, heightened. One time they used, it's the cats. I'm sorry, they're just going to keep doing this. They're just running back and forth. Odin and Thor. Anyway, those are my cats. So um, one time they took a 20, it's like a 30 second clip of a 16 year old in an altercation with an, uh, a police officer. And what had happened was, uh kid didn't have an, a weapon or anything. The kid just, the cop, kid was trying to go through the turnstile. Cop stopped him and the kid massively overreacted. It was all on camera and just started pummeling the cop. And the kid had priors, but because it was a child, this person was a child, they they didn't put him in jail. They, they just gave him a court date. And of course, Fox went to town with this. And I'm like, so you want to put a 16-year-old in jail? Like, I don't think anybody wants a 16-year-old in jail. Um, Because he didn't, like, he didn't have a weapon. He was just being stupid and trying to beat up a cop, which was dumb, because you're going to get in trouble for that. And, um, But Fox showed this 30-second clip, hour after hour after hour, for the entire week, they kept bringing this up. It was complete, that's the kind of what they do with their, their, they just hype everything up. Um, I actually went through that particular week and and went through the, because I after I watched everything, I noticed this clip just being used way too much. And so I'm like, I'm going to go back through and actually count how many minutes that was on screen. And it was on screen for the week for 25 minutes. This is a 30 second clip. It made no sense. And it was just because to Fox, that was like the red meat that you saw a young, the cop was black too, but the the teenager was also black. But that you got to see this young black kid beating up a cop, and that to Fox is like they just rule over that, and it just it just felt in cr- so excessive. I'm like, this is a local news story. There's no reason to put this on national television. The kid did; nobody got really hurt. The kid's fine. The cop's fine. This he'll you know kid will probably just go to probably go to juvenile detention center at some point. Um, hopefully, he'll get the help he needs. But yeah. That's, that's Fox. They just, everything's, everything's massively hyped up.
0: So is it fair to kind of argue or to kind of point out that Fox news stresses a narrative over the news that it's.
1: Oh, completely. Oh, go ahead. hundred percent. Yeah. They don't, like I said, they, it, they, climate change stories are completely ignored. Uh, anything with climate disasters are completely ignored. Uh, they ignored Fiona uh they i compared them to pbs pbs featured 11 percent of their coverage was dedicated to hurricane fiona fox dedicated one percent to hurricane fiona yet they have really doubled down on um hurricane ian because it hit florida and it was it was a much bigger storm but still it was like oh so you just ignore it when brown people get hit by a hurricane i get it because puerto rico they act like doesn't even exist Um, They also ignore any story, and this I have a pattern of this, I could go back and show it, of when a black person is victimized by law enforcement um, or any sort of trial where a black person is uh, victimized, uh, like Ahmoud Aubrey, who was out jogging that case. Uh, So from February, I started this project in mid-February, so from mid-February till now, anytime a case like that, or Breonna, Breonna Taylor, like there was an, some of the officers in that finally got indicted, Fox didn't report on it. Uh, when the George Floyd uh, cops had various trials, they've had various trials this summer, you know, things would move along with their trials. It wasn't just the one trial um, of Derek Chauvin. They'd had multiple, the other cops also had trials. Uh, Fox ignored all of that. Ahmard Aubrey's, you know, the people who murdered him. There were additional federal trials and PBS reported on it and Fox completely ignored it. Another one they did that was very telling, uh, Brittany Greiner, the WNBA player in Russia who's stuck in Russia, that story was completely ignored on Fox. Didn't mention it for weeks until they found a way to leverage it against Biden. And then they brought it up. And I thought, you know, this this is not a new story. This has been going on for weeks. They also ignore Israel-Palestine, just will not report on anything that happens there. Either side, they just completely ignore it, um, which is odd. Uh, they just, just ignore it. Um, they haven't reported on the Iran protests, which is just, I that one just blows my mind that you wouldn't, that's such a great story. Uh, they don't report on it. Um, anything that happens in Africa, they don't report on it. Like, it's just, they just hit the same same notes over and over and over again. If Biden is crazy and stupid, yet a mastermind and senile and, and cognitive decline. And um, then it's always that. And it's like, everybody's starving in the US. Everybody's on the brink of poverty. Everybody's, you know, one step away from financial ruin because of this terrible economy they hype all that up and I'm, there are people like that of course i'm not saying they're not but fox acts like everyone in the country is like on the brink and um you know they just ignore stories about racism the act like racism doesn't exist um they also push i've seen a trend where they push stories i've seen them do this a few times where they'll have a black person who's uh, successful in their life in some way And so they'll do a segment and it's always like this young man just became a basketball player. And then his life was great. And he never saw any obstacles in life. Did he? No, I didn't. Racism's never brought up like the fact, you know, never brought up. It's always just like, I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I became a success. And they'll push that. Like I've seen that story a few times on Fox. So that's what they do. And, you know, racism, sexism, um, they openly trash, this is another thing they do that's very disturbing. They openly, brazenly trash trans people. They do not hold that in at all. They're more dog whistle gay people, like the LGBTQ community is, is kind of subtly dissed, but trans people, they will just go straight, uh, bigoted comments, You know, they, they imply they're all child molesters, which is complete craziness um that they're coming for your children they're going to warp your children everything's a conspiracy the schools are all crt crt you know um the schools are all programming you your kids to hate you and to hate the family they push cultural marxism that goofy conspiracy theory very very hard sometimes they blatantly say the term cultural marxism so it's just one big everything's a conspiracy everything's out to get you Again, fear, 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 panic, 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 paranoia. Um, that over and over and over again, no matter what. That's what they push. So any given day, I could find a story that would fit what I just described. Kitty, sorry, they're they're so loud right now. I don't know
0: if you can it, hear, but it. it. it's okay. Um, so I mean, what you're kind of hinting at is a consistency. I mean, like it, it almost seems like. Like that consistency would kind of imply that you have the same set of producers, writers, and then the producers and the writers get together and sort of craft a consistent narrative going from, you know, Fox and Friends to whatever the primetime shows are. Is that Is that accurate? like how do you how they, do they, they come, would, Oh God. they
1: would claim that that's not that's not what happens. They get very defensive about this because other people have pointed it out. Uh and the primetime shows are given more leeway. And there there is kind of a difference in tone between like Jesse Waters Primetime, Tucker Carlson, Hannity and Ingram. Um there is like a tonal shift, but they're they're similar. Uh Tucker Carlson being the craziest. Um, he's the most extreme by far. Um, but like last week is a great example. Uh, they did that whole ESG investing, which is environmental, so, social, and governance, um, sort of like ethical investing. And it is it is what it is. There There are critics of it. There's some controversy over ESG. It's basically, I don't want to waste too much time talking about ESG, but it's like basically a way a pension fund or an investor looking to invest in a company can say, does this company line up with my personal beliefs and values? And then they can check something called an ESG score. And it's kind of arbitrary, but there are groups that keep track of the scores and there's criteria for the scores. Like, do they pollute? Do they make weapons? Do, you know, do they have good labor practices? And then you can say, ah, this company has a good ESG score. I'm going to invest my money in this company. Okay, That's so totally voluntary. Now you can't control what a pension fund does necessarily if you're a pensioner. But an individual investor doesn't have to do anything they don't want to do. If you want to invest all of your money in Exxon and, you know, gun manufacturers, you can't. No one will stop you. Absolutely no one will stop an individual investor from doing that. So last week, I noticed a trend uh, of a lot of these goofy ESG stories, stories about ESG because the UN had a a General Assembly meeting, and it's sort of related to the UN, sort of indirectly, ESG is... um, So I saw them do these segments on ESG across every single show. Um, And you could tell that they didn't really want to do them because they were just dumb segments of like, ESG is evil and it's bad. and It's the globalists coming for you. But it didn't feel like anybody had any passion in these um, segments and they didn't really, it just, they didn't seem to care. Like when you see them do stuff about crime, um, stuff about trans people, you see passion, right? Because they- probably the anchors actually feel emotionally invested in it but with esg it felt fake it felt like it was being they were being told to do segments on it um and you just like i said you'll see the same clip like that 20 like 30 second clip of the crime story of this kid beating up a cop and you would see that same clip on all three shows like you're going to tell me you're not coordinating this like or yesterday, because of the hurricane, there was a clip from The View where somebody on The View said basically, DeSantis complains about the federal government and now he's gonna come begging for money and yet he's gonna deny climate change. And I'm paraphrasing, I don't actually know exactly what she said, it was Sunny said that on The View. And that same clip was used in show after show after show after show. So don't tell me you're not coordinating, it's ridiculous, of course you're coordinating but they would claim that they're not. And they, they always get defended. oh, we're not told what to say. How dare you? Like, I don't believe you. So um, just because again, I see these similarities all the time and I see repetition all the time and basically the same. Like if you watch one Fox show, you watch the next Fox show you're gonna see a lot of the same stuff. It's just how they do it. And I don't know why their viewers don't get sick of it but that's what they do.
0: So then, these themes and narratives, like this is gonna, this is kind of a basic question, but where are they coming from? I mean, you earlier in, the, in our conversation, you kind of pointed out the uh, the connection between Nick Fuentes and the Tucker Carlson show. So, you know, and I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of the the kind of the caterpillar or the you know from 4chan to reddit to twitter to fox news but you know just in your research you know you know how do you situate fox news within the greater right wing information ecosystem are they the ones generating the narratives and then they get distributed in the ecosystem or are they kind of narratives are coming to them and they're just reproducing those narratives for cable tv
1: I think it's both I think they're feeding it and they get fed it I think in the case of Tucker Carlson I do not have any like proof but I suspect based on his content that he has at least a couple people on his staff that watch people like Nick Fuentes and they would deny this of course but uh he just parrots so much of that super far right rhetoric and conspiracy theories more than the other shows. And that if there's any sort of conspiracy theory uh, that Tucker, I see Tucker promoting, I can go on my computer, Google it, and I'll find it deeper within the bowels of the far right. And it's usually by the time it gets to Tucker, it's old. It's like a couple weeks old, sometimes just a few days old. But by the time it gets to Tucker, it's it's already been out in the universe a little bit. So in that, in that term, they're definitely getting fed the, the garbage. But in other terms, they will push things so hard and they are so influential. They're like the biggest monster in that whole scene that when they push something, the, it gets echoed backward into the far right. So it, it's like the, they're both feeding each other. It's this machine. Um, and again, uh, I think... F- Fox is dangerous because it does have this enormous, enormous audience, and somebody like Nick Fuentes doesn't. And somebody like Eight um, Chan, as disturbing as Eight Chan was, um, doesn't have as big of a reach. It's it's very fringe. Um, but when you get it into the mouthpiece of Fox, now you've got a problem. And there's some stuff and it's it's a little complicated too because like i have uh gavin mcginnis kept talking about a book by pat buchanan called death of the west and i bought it because he kept saying how it was like i got a used copy i all my i have a bunch of far-right uh books and they're all used that way the author doesn't get my money but um i bought a used copy and This book was written over 20 years ago pat buchanan is considered a mainstream conservative right he ran for president like he was on cnn all the time he was considered a mainstream pundit his book is basically white nationalism it is uh incredibly racist it is paranoid it is cultural marxism which he talks about at length which is a goofy anti-semitic conspiracy theory um promoting white babies and has all this fear mongering about population change and shift and demographic changes. And this was considered a completely mainstream book that nobody called him out on over 20 years ago when it was published that, hey, this is straight up, you know, neo-Nazism, what you're promoting in this book. But he got away with it. And that's kind of how Fox uh, works and that they can take a Nick Fuentes concept, put it on Fox and somebody like Tucker can tweak it in such a way that it becomes legitimized, and then it's just, it's just um, completely accepted. Um, one of the things I've seen, even super, super boring, legitimate Fox reporters, uh, Shannon Bream. I, I hope I'm getting her name right. Bream is her last name. She's not somebody I cover often, so I, I hope I'm getting her name right. But she is uh, one of the more mainstream, like normal, straight down the middle. Well, not really straight down the middle, but like for Fox, straight down the middle, journalists. And she uh, parroted the goofy, we're going to make us eat bugs conspiracy theory that is big on the far right, it, which is this whole concept of like, things are going to get so bad, the government's going to encourage the average person to eat bugs. It, it, it What? <laughs> and they'll claim that like beyond meat, which is made out of pea protein, like a plant, they'll claim that that's made out of bugs. It's like, okay what so like and i heard her say that like they're gonna make us eat bugs and i'm like what and uh tucker says i've heard tucker say that a bunch of times so that's just a straight up conspiracy theory from the far right so i've seen uh the goofy stuff about bill gates buying all the farmland when he really owns less than one third of one percent of the u.s farmland that's been pushed on fox so yeah it gets it gets blurry um but they, they are really problematic because people buy into every single word they say that's the scary thing they think it's completely legitimate
0: so i mean is the verb laundering like useful here like fox news is kind of laundering extremist talking points into the mainstream or how do you be, be, like what i find fascinating is that uh some of the bits of tucker that i watched prior to this interview we're on the great replacement theory.
1: Oh yeah, and, he's big on that.
0: And the only the only time that I've ever run into the great replacement theory was <laughs> literally far right thinking and literally eco-fascism and sort of those threads. So so then I'm I'm sort of curious. I mean, do we consider Fox News to be laundering extremist talking points into the mainstream or is it is there a recognition at Fox that yes, this is extreme? but this is what gets the ratings.
1: Um, well, it's interesting because The Great Replacement is pretty much the Pat Buchanan book, um, The Death of the West, uh, which there was also a book written during the time of the Nazis called The Decline of the West, which is a very famous book that the Nazis loved. Um, and somebody else just came out with a book with basically the same title, some British dude. Um, it's basically like The End of the West or something stupid like that. And it's basically The Great Replacement. And again, that was my issue with it is like that was considered mainstream and normal and nobody called Pat Buchanan on it. So that's where it gets a little blurry about like, does Fox News know they're pushing something extreme? I don't know. Um, I know that they are obsessed with ratings and they want to keep the ratings up all the time and like Hannity has really slipped in the ratings he used to be like the highest and he's been there the longest he's the highest paid person on Fox News but he really has slipped in the ratings partly because he's more old school he doesn't push conspiracy theories he doesn't push um the extremism as much and Tucker doesn't care Tucker's gone full tinfoil hat like you know he has specials on Fox Nation where he talks about cattle mutilations and uh ufos I, you know and just stuff that's really out there and um you know ufos i know weirdly has become blurry in the past couple of years like what's going on with ufos but uh some of his cattle mutilation i mean the cattle mutilation i'm like why are you wasting time on that but so, they were just talking about bigfoot the other day on the five so it just it, some of it gets a little like i don't know i don't I honestly don't know if they realize what gets the ratings and what doesn't. I think they just look at the ratings. Um, And somebody like Tucker figured out this panicked delivery where he just comes out and does these crazy, because New York Times did a great piece where they followed him for like five years. They had a whole team break down everything he said and did for five freaking years. And one thing that trend they found that I wouldn't have been able to find in the time that I followed him, is that a few years ago he didn't have like these crazy 20 minute monologues at the start of his show. They were more normal, Uh, you know, maybe do like a six minute monologue. And he had guests that didn't always agree with him. And now you never see a guest ever disagree with somebody on Fox you sometimes will see somebody get in there and go rogue. It's usually like a normal person. Like they'll have like a business owner will come on and talk about like, oh, you know, in Atlanta we're dealing with inflation. And then they'll turn to the person and say, well, is it Biden's fault, right? Biden, right? And the person will be like, no, I don't think it's Biden's fault. (laughs) So you sometimes see that if the person's not a political pundit, you'll see a guest go rogue. But on um, Tucker's show, like it's just, it's like this philosophy almost that he pushes. And so he'll start his show with a, like a 15, I've seen the longest I've seen is 26 minutes, uninterrupted monologue with just Tucker Carlson talking to you. And he might have media clips, but he doesn't have a guest and it's just him. And it's all part of this. It's it's almost like a preacher, you know? And it is definitely like a sermon, Like a, like, you know, follow me children here, I will tell you a tale. And it's all about, paranoia and how we're on the brink of collapse and everything's going to break down and the government's going to come and get you and they're going to take your guns and then he has a lot of like we've got to fight back like underneath which is dangerous very 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 dangerous and um he more than the other primetime host has that and i don't know i like it's like kind of chicken and the egg with the ratings or not i don't know if does he know that that gets him higher ratings i don't know or does he just like really like doing that and his ratings are high i don't know i, I couldn't figure that it went out but he's, he does have the highest ratings usually it's either him or weirdly jesse waters and jesse waters is a complete idiot so i don't know how <laughs> jesse waters show shows very different than tucker's and so i'm always like i think jesse waters just has a good time slot like i i don't know if it's i don't he does not come across as like the same mastermind as tucker tucker's scary T- tucker genuinely scares me i'm terrified there's going to be an an event like we had in buffalo where the guy was like really into the great replacement theory and he just shot a bunch of black people and openly said yeah i was really into the great replacement theory and everybody just went oh well you know whatever fox didn't do it you know like fox just took no responsibility and i i joked the other day that somebody could like wear a t-shirt that says i love tucker carlson tucker carlson made me do it and have like every book by Tucker Carlson in his bookshelf and have like a fan club dedicated to Tucker Carlson and go somewhere, shoot a bunch of people and Tucker Carlson would say, well, pff, just a mentally ill person. You know, they would, they would never take responsibility. That's the scary thing. Um, but the way Tucker talks to people and the way he gets them all riled up, he, he, he causes me great concern. He's the one that scares me the most, definitely, 100%.
0: That's interesting. Like, um, I think about the monologue and somebody speaking to the audience and the first thing that my mind jumps to is like Rush Limbaugh Mm -hmm. or uh in the beginning of the 20th century Father Conklin I think I'm mispronouncing that and I apologize Mm -hmm. um but that's that's crazy like that transition from a six minute monologue to a 20 minute monologue where he's I'm assuming he's looking right at the camera so I mean is
1: and he's scary. The other thing that's really scary about Tucker is having to, because uh, I sometimes will like score his monologues. Um, he more than the other, the other primetime hosts, you can clock him where he'll talk about something for exactly two minutes, then one minute, then four minutes, then one minute, then like perfect, perfect timing. He's scary. His segments are perfectly timed every time, and most host can't do that. And he can do it. And his monologues are the same way, and that he writes them in such a way he him and his team, I cannot imagine he does this by himself. They're too there's too much going on with his monologues that it's one person doing it. Um but they write them in such a way that it's just like this it's like orchestrated. It's like mechanical almost. and it's they're they're freaky because it's like like Fuentes, when you watch him, he's so sloppy, you know, because Fuentes will be half of Fu- i have tracked him and i've watched 107 hours of nick fuentes and half of his content is just him whining like mom god i had chicken fingers tonight i hate chicken fingers Eh, give me some tendies mom God, i'm so hungry like that's half his show is this whiny little brat um and then he goes into his anti-semitism and his hate and all that crazy stuff but he's sloppy somebody like tucker's not sloppy you know, Tucker shows are like these well orchestrated machines. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like a sermon. It's like a, it, cause you, he definitely has a consistent philosophy that you don't like Hannity is like, um, his big push all the time is climate change isn't happening. He calls it the climate alarmist religious cult. And he'll just repeat that phrase over and over and over and over again. And, um, Laura Ingram's obsessed with China. She hates China. Everything's China. Everything's like China plotting against us. And then uh, Tucker has this bizarre defense mechanism for Russia, where Russia can't do anything wrong, and Ukraine's evil, and Putin's a good guy. That's just so weird. And then Jesse Waters is just kind of trying to find his way. Um, he doesn't really have... a. Th- I don't really see much of a theme yet with him. He just keeps kind of grasping for stuff every week but yeah tucker it tucker scares me he reminds tucker reminds me of like um if you watch some of the old school uh, white supremacists when they talk although tucker's a little bit um uh dog whistle like he he had a habit and i would catch these and stick it on twitter he had a habit he stopped doing this but he'll i'm sure he'll do it again where he would make a little aside in the middle of a monologue, it would just be a real quick, real quick comment. Like he made one where he said, "George Floyd, just just toss this out. Oh, he died of a he died of a heart attack. It was from drugs. You know, just toss that out." Or um, uh, one time he said, "Oh, when the U.S. we aligned with Stalin in World War II, like that was a bad thing. You know, it's like, well, who did we align with Stalin?" against oh that would be Nazis like what what are you saying like he just tossed these little things out like these little pieces of meat to his extremist base um one time I saw him go on this whole George Soros rant with DAs and then he veered into a discussion of a specific di- a district attorney in Florida in Tampa that had gotten uh kind of fired by DeSantis And he said, this was very, very coded. And it takes somebody like a nerd like me who's watching it like a scientist, like somebody who's just looking for a crack to catch this. I don't think most viewers would have caught it. But he said, he showed a clip of the local DA reading a Bible quote. And Tucker Carlson goes, That's disgusting. That's disgusting. How dare he read that? And I thought that's an odd reaction. And I thought, is this DA an atheist or something? Is he like very anti-religion? Like, what is this DA? So I Googled the DA. Oh, DA is Jewish. Interesting that you would find it disgusting that you read a Bible quote. Now, an extremist watching Tucker Carlson show would know immediately that that DA was Jewish and would immediately read the code. Whereas your typical Fox viewer wouldn't catch that. But I did. And I was disgusted. I mean, I remember that week in the podcast, I was just screaming about it. I was like, Dude, that, I mean, that's just straight up anti-Semitism and you're not even hiding it. You don't care. Um, but again, like probably 90% of the people who watch the show would not catch that. So, cause it was, he's careful. It's like under layers of stuff. But when he, he just like got really animated and just how disgusting that he would read a Bible quote from the gospels. And the quote was, uh, do unto others as you would do unto yourself. And it was during COVID and he was, the DA had shut down a, a church that kept having services at the height. It was like April 2020 um, when everybody was dying, and you know the, the DA had shut down the uh, church saying you can't have services right now. And he had said do unto others, and Tucker took that as like disgusting that a Jewish DA would make this comment. So he didn't say Jewish, but yeah, it didn't take much to figure that out either. So and and that, that's the other scary thing: the extremist. One of the things that you learn when you study extremism—that will make your blood cold—is um, if you've done this yourself at all, they will have lists on these these groups about who's Jewish, and they they don't hide it. They'll they'll literally go like, "Here are all the DAs in the United States that are Jewish," and the that's their, that's their they'll have their names, they'll have where they work, um, or here are all the uh, Jewish members of Congress. Here are all the Jewish members in the Senate. They do that all the time. I've seen I've seen those lists. Terrifying because I know what they're doing that for. So it's so yeah. Anyway, so it's kind of a long way of, of getting to the point, but yes.
0: But there's no acceptance of responsibility or recognition of responsibility. They just it's just like whatever. Really? Yeah. Like- and
1: he would like he said in court when he got sued that one time, he just said, Oh, I'm I'm just an entertainer. Nobody takes me seriously. You know, and and like Hannity doesn't call himself a journalist, um, has never called himself a journalist, but I don't I don't think Hannity is nearly as dangerous. So um, Hannity is more old school conservative. Um, uh, yeah, none of them really come close to the the rhetoric of Tucker. Tucker is in his own league, unfortunately.
0: That's kind of, that's interesting. Like leaning on the idea that. I'm just an entertainer, not a journalist, almost, I mean, it doesn't almost, it actually says like, I don't really have any public responsibility or any responsibility to the public interest. I'm just entertaining you. Is that, is that in the ballpark?
1: Yeah, completely. hundred percent. And they, um, what's also interesting is they all, all of them all trash journalists all the time. They trash other journalists all the time call us uh, mouthpieces for the Biden administration or, um, and I really, what's even funnier is that people sometimes think I'm like shilling for Biden because I'm constantly defending him because Fox just blatantly lies about him. And I'm like, I don't really have much of an opinion about Biden. I'm kind of neutral. I just have to, when they lie about him, I'm just going to correct it. I'm sorry. So it may come across that I'm shilling for Biden, but I'm just like, they're lying again, (laughs) You know that kind of thing of like, Um, Like they, they used to say this for months that Biden was for defund the police and Biden has been very, very, very outspoken that he's against defund the police. And he has been since day one. Um, And I found a clip going all the way back from like June, 2020, where Biden explicitly said, I am not for defund the police, but Fox will just lie. So, you know, when I make a video like about that, oh, you're shilling for Biden. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just correcting the record. I don't really don't have strong feelings about Biden either way. I'm just like, he's the president. It's, it's fine. <laughs> like, I just don't, like, when you get into extremism, you can't really, like, I can't watch MSNBC right now. I just can't, because I, I have, I watch the flip side so much, watching Fox so much. It just, ugh, I can only take, like, PBS, because PBS goes out of their way to be nonpartisan. So, um, And I love PBS. I think they do a great job. They do wonderful segments, Um, very in-depth, very comprehensive and they're very calm. (laughs) You watch Fox and everybody's all worked up all the time. And you watch PBS and they're like, we're going to do a segment about, (laughs) and everything's like super chill, (laughs) very professional. And I'm like, ah, you know even when they have opposing voices on, which they do often, everybody's very respectful and very calm. And I'm like, thank you, PBS. Like brings me down, but I couldn't watch partisan media right now on the other side. I just can't. It's just too much. It's too much for me to handle.
0: That's interesting. I I kind of want to uh, expand on that a bit, and you know, you know, what is the toll, if any, of watching Fox News for fifteen hours a day? You know it's I think it's a
1: week it's a week thank god it's only a week 15 hours a week but um oh 15 hours a week okay the <laughs> day just... would be nuts so we got I would be like I was ah! worried I was
0: like 15 I'd hours I'd watch a the day. really
1: stupid I, 15 hours a day I'd be watching the really dumb shows they have on late at night. Um because they do have some really dumb shows especially weekends they have really dumb shows really really dumb shows. Um no 15 hours a week um I think that it's uh, it's taken all the sharp edges off my own politics. Um I really distrust extremism now on both sides. When, and I've learned to just bite my tongue now, I don't get in fights with people. I just, that's the other thing is I don't get as combative with people anymore because what I just have to deal with that all day long that when I disagree with someone, I'm just like, "Eh, whatever. You know, I just don't want to engage in that kind of crazy, frenetic, like constantly fighting thing. I just don't see the point. And the other thing is that, like, here's an example. And I know people have very strong feelings about this, but like rhetoric like this, I don't care for, because when you watch how it's used and weaponized against the left, you see rhetoric differently. So uh, when somebody says, and I won't say anybody specifically, and I understand, I'm not saying I completely disagree with them, but if somebody says something like, human beings don't belong in cages, and they mean like abolish prison, and they mean actually abolishing prison, and you go, okay, that's your feeling, that's cool. I know that that clip will be played on a loop on Fox News and they will bring on crime victims who talk about how they were raped, how they were kids were murdered, how you know my house was broken into and they burned it down and they raped my wife and they killed my kids. How dare you say that person doesn't belong in a cage? Boom, that's what's gonna happen with that clip. Um, or another one I use all the time because it just made me roll my eyes really hard And this is just like performative crazy stuff, but there was a few years ago, there was a woman who did some sort of protest where she took period blood that she collected from herself, like menstrual blood and put it on her face to like raise awareness. And this got a lot of play on Twitter and people were posting it all over the place. And most people were just kind of making fun of her. And I thought, okay, that would, that, would, that would just be completely weaponized on Fox. And they'd be like, see how crazy liberals are. And they'll take somebody that extreme, that performative, and they, they make them, they act like that person's mainstream. And that's why I'm not really a huge fan of that kind of rhetoric because I just know how it's used against the other side. And so I, again, I don't fight with people that if they want to say people don't belong in cages, they can, great, go for it. But I'm not going to cheer that on either because I just go, oh, you only know if you only knew if you only knew, you know. And the other thing is uh, one thing that's changed a lot about my politics is like people who are super, super, super critical of the Democrats who are left wing. And I totally understand. I get where they're coming from. I Everybody should be criticized. Nobody's above criticism. Got it. You have every right to express your views. And, of course, you can complain about the Democrats all you want. However, do you understand that there's this thing called the right wing (laughs) that is mechanized, that has a lot of money, that has a lot of influence and a lot of power that would take us all the way back to like the 1880s if they could, all the way back. Women would have no rights. You know, all people of color would have no rights. Uh, Gay people would be completely ostracized again. If they could get away with it, they would do that. Please remember that before you start complaining about a bill where you weren't happy about one little part of it and you're picking on, you know, Chuck Schumer, which I which I get. I'm you know Chuck Schumer said things that I make me very angry and that sort of thing. But there's a kind of thing of like I get what you're doing. I understand what you're doing. But if if you're spending more time ripping on your own party, uh, I wouldn't. If you watch right wing media for just a few hours, you'd understand why I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon because I know this monster that's on the other side and how powerful it is and how influential it is and how good they are at propaganda. And so that's, I think, where I've shifted a great deal. Um, And I do think, I've said this before, I told Jeff Jarvis this, the guy who put my grant together, I feel like the DNC with all their flaws, and trust me, like when I meet people, I occasionally meet people who tell me they don't like either party and i'm like i totally get it <laughs> like i'm not going to fight with them and be like oh come on like when i hear people go i hate politics i don't care about either party i don't pay attention i go i i get it i'm not going to fight with you on that at all i totally understand why you'd be disgusted with both parties and we have a two party system which is incredibly frustrating for people on both sides i totally get it but when i meet somebody who um you know is just you know just I feel like the DNC should have six people on staff minimum that just watch Fox News all day long and take notes. Because if you want to fight back against that monster, you have to know what that monster is doing. You cannot live in darkness. And I think the problem with the left is it becomes an echo chamber and people just kind of stay in their little echo chamber and they just watch partisan media and they they only interact with people they agree with. And they it becomes this this kind of weird ecosystem. The right does it too, both sides do this. And so you completely lose perspective of how much of a danger MAGA is or uh, the right-wing media machine. You, You don't realize what they're doing. You know, like when people were shocked when Roe v. Wade got overturned, I was not shocked at all. I, you know, as soon as Trump won the presidency, I pretty much assumed we were gonna probably lose Roe v. Wade. Not that I was happy about it, but I just accepted, like, we're screwed. It's going to happen. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I was like, that's it. And uh, people were, like, completely like, how did this happen? I'm like, it's been happening for almost 50 years, guys. And I'm sorry. But, like, if you, again, if you consume right-wing media, you'd know they were just determined to make this happen. And it's horrible. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of what, I just think, it's definitely, you don't have, like, a... I think the, the biggest payment I kind of make in my life is that there's no rose colored glasses at all. If you read, if you watch this much rhetoric, you just, you have a very realistic way of looking at everything, very pragmatic. It's not like, like, I just think in terms of like, what can we get done? Not what would be the perfect solution? (laughs) I'm just like, what legislation can we get passed with this Congress right now, rather than we need everything we want in this bill. And if I don't get it, I'm going to freak out. It's like, what can we get past with this Congress? You know, we have a filibuster. What can we get? You know, like so it it's it's just sharpened the edges off. It's just I just um I just view the real enemy, and that to me is the is the right wing media monster. To me, is the, the the real enemy, not imperfect Democrats. Like, no, to me that's not the monster. But you know, people can disagree with me. That's fine. I don't really care. It's <laughs> it's the other things. Like I say it on my podcast all the time. I'm like you can disagree with me. And this is not my opinion show. That's fine. I'm not like I'm not like one of those. Um, they tend to all be white men, but like those guys on YouTube that are like young, twenty, like late twenties, early thirties who just have like political opinion shows. Yeah, I don't. It's not what I I do. So I I break down right wing media.
0: Awesome. Um, so I think. We've been kind of talking back, going back and forth for about an hour. Um, oh yeah, I'm
1: sorry, I talk way too much. <laughs> oh no no, no, it, no it's,
0: it's it's great, it's really great. Um, and I think we we've come to the last question, the legendary last question, which is, uh, before we depart for the day, uh, give me the audience, the show, uh, something to think about, something to chew on. It could be as as simple as you know a phrase, or it could be you know a a you know, kind of longer form thought, you know, give us something to think about for the, uh, before we leave for the day.
1: My philosophy, and this is something that I, I definitely picked up from doing this kind of work is worship no one, uh, put no one on a pedestal, worship no ideology, worship no theory, worship nothing, um, always have a critical mind, even if you think like a, like a political. Um, way of thought is brilliant or really wonderful. Always keep in mind that there's going to be flaws, that, you know, there's nothing perfect in this world. Um, if you get like, let's say you have like the perfect plan for healthcare, always know that there's going to be losers in that care, in that plan. Always know there's going to be some people who are going to be angry about it. Like just that's kind of how I see things. Um, I think worshiping people, putting them on pedestals, Treating ideology like it's perfect, like it's a religion, is incredibly dangerous. Um, And it can happen on both sides of the spectrum. And that's what I would warn anyone from doing. And that's, like, my niece teases me all the time because she always says I don't like any politician. And I don't think that's true. I just say I don't worship any politician. Like, even people I vote for, I'm always like, well, but. (laughs) And I'll, you know, say, well, I didn't like it when she said that or when he said that or whatever you know this because nobody's perfect and you i think extremism is when you turn things into perfect when you turn things into gods like maga when you turn people and themes and ideas into like if we do this we'll have a utopia if we do this we'll have perfection if we do this all our problems will be solved that's never true never true and also we always have a pendulum so the more we push one side, the more the other side will push back and you have to expect, expect the push back. The other thing that you see a lot in the right wing and in extremism is this idea that they will crush and vanquish the other side, the other opposing voice, and then the other opposing voice will go away. And of course it never happens. It's always, a you know, until you get to like a dictatorship which nobody really wants. I, I don't think most sane people actually want a dictatorship or a theocracy, when you get to that point, then the other side finally gets vanquished. But you know, you have to get to that point. So that's, yeah, worship no one, basically. My long way of saying worship no one.
0: Great parting words. Uh, that was Juliet Jetsky, uh, the creator, producer, everything of Decoding Fox News, which we'll have a link. Uh, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank
1: you. It's fabulous. I I wish uh, the cats weren't so loud. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay.